Welcome to STEM Inform, the center of creativity, the intersection between technology and youth, all hosted by Team 5421, Armed and Dangerous. We're STEM Informed. We're back with our third episode. I'm Sean. I'm Art. And today uh, uh, we're here with Bo Wernick, um, who owns Theta Composites. So, Bo, can you tell us a little bit about your company? Sure. So, we are a product development company. We service innovators and small business startups who have a new product they're looking to get into the market with uh, business development, product development, and manufacturing and distribution. So you can think about people that maybe uh, had a successful Kickstarter and raised some money and have a lot of really interested clients, but they haven't actually made any product yet. And that's actually a pretty big challenge. And I help them with that. And uh, one of the advantages I have is an aerospace engineering background, the business background, and also a great connection with a facility called Nova Labs, which is a makerspace in Reston, Virginia, where we have lots of tools and equipment to do high-end manufacturing. That's really interesting, though. I know my friend Art here, he wants to start getting into the tech business and start yeah. his own tech company. So it's actually uh, crazy. I, I own a business, um, and I'm looking to get into tech, so that's fortunate. So maybe <laughs> I can talk to you a little bit after. And I but, imagine um, also a lot of people who may listen to this podcast will also be very interested in getting into tech and maybe joining a tech business and starting their own inventions and doing the, doing the future of STEM. So uh, as we were scrolling down your website, we saw performing, enabling, and educating, the three big goals. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Sure. So uh, my background is in aerospace, and so I worked on a whole bunch of really cool projects early in my career for NASA and the Department of Defense, a lot of stuff with drones back before they were cool, right? Before you could buy them off the internet. Yeah, so yeah. 10, 15 years ago when they were all military and and building a flight computer was a super complicated thing. And nowadays, uh, it's something that anybody can get into at literally any age. Um, as soon as you can use a computer, you can start flying drones and learning how robots work. And uh, that's that's always been very interesting to me. And so a lot of the performance aspects involve things like building parts for aircraft and drones and high performance automobiles and all that cool stuff. Um, we also have an arm where we do education. I teach classes here. So everything from how to use basic hand tools to how does some of the science physics work. And we do lots of project classes where we build RC airplanes or drones or software, or Arduinos, all kinds of cool stuff to kind of get people past that barrier, that introductory barrier where they're kind of like, I, I don't know anything about any of this stuff and it's very intimidating. Once you teach them a little bit, then they feel empowered and they can kind of grow their skills much more rapidly from there. Sure. Yeah. I also think we felt that in in our first time in robotics. You're a year older than me in this team. Yeah, but when I first when I first joined it definitely felt like a new experience as I had to try to learn everything and pick up what you guys pick up your knowledge. And so I think that introduction period is very important and I, I think it's very very uh, interesting and engaging that you're you're trying to help guide people that may not know where to go, and I think that's a very, very cool thing for people to know yeah. about. And what I, yeah. And what I love about STEM is that every single thing you learn in STEM can be applied to something else. It's always, it's it's knowledge that, that stays with you your whole life. Um, like, <laughs> even if it's, if like you're learning about physics and you don't want to become a physicist, there's so many other things that you can use that for. Um, so anyway, our next question is uh, a question for the business side of your journey. 
And um, that is, what are some challenges you face as a business owner? Sure. So I think one of the things that's uh, not as obvious for most people who are starting a business is that the ideas are great. Having good ideas and good concepts for products is great, um, but that's not as important. And having good relationships and being professional and working hard, that's important too. But the most important thing is figuring out your, your business process. So who's going to pay you and for what and what does it cost you to deliver that service or product and to get all those numbers down i don't know if you guys watch like shark tank but the number one thing they ask is like what are your numbers what do you sell how many how much and those kind of things are the biggest part of running a business that's kind of the least obvious and so a lot of people come to me and they like i have this great idea for a product and i think a lot of people would like it and at no point have they tried to figure out how much it's going to cost to make or deliver, or who would sell it where and when. So they've got a lot of those challenges to figure out that I think are not obvious. And that's something that I had to learn along the way. It was something that I was really interested in. I went and got an MBA to understand the basics, and then started a few products with some partners and friends to kind of get a feel for it. And since then, I've been helping a lot of companies with it. And it's it's a challenge, and I learn a lot every day working on this, but it's also a really rewarding experience. Yeah, personally, I just uh, I just completed tax season. I had to file my taxes, and I'm like 15, looking at these numbers, like what the heck? I did not realize it takes uh, this much to do that, and that I have to include this as a startup cost, this as revenue, um, and and there's write-offs, a whole bunch of just it it can be a lot. So I I definitely understand, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah. yeah. That, that's one of the kind of the fallacies, one of the things people don't really recognize, and that is when you're running a business, it, let's say you have some skill, right? You're, you're good at making whatevers, and so you start a business doing that, but your job is to run the business, and there's a lot of people out there that can do that particular task. So usually what happens is you have to get people to help you do the, the, the thing that you actually like doing, but that's not your job anymore. Your job is to run the company, and so you have to hire tax people, and you have to hire manufacturers and people that you know where you buy materials from and so doing all of that sort of stuff is part of the cost of a product and i think people forget that because in their mind they think well i'll just use some stuff i have lying around the house and i'll work on my kitchen table and i'll build these things and i'll sell them and so when they're looking at what the costs are they're not counting what it actually costs to make because when you scale up you can't do all that anymore right your kitchen table is not big enough and you don't have enough stuff around the house Mm -hmm. to make the products to sell a lot of them so you end up having to get an office and get a tax person and get suppliers that can deliver large quantities of product to you. And those are all real costs you have to include. And so that, that business part is really important if you're trying to make a financial go of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's lots of great opportunities out there to be the, the person right under that, you know, one of the founders of a company who represents the technical parts and isn't necessarily as business focused. So the STEM education is, is fantastic if that's what you're into. Business information education is great too if you're going to try and run the company. Um, but they're kind of different. That's something that I try and explain to a lot of people from the beginning. So tying back into the STEM field, how did your STEM knowledge from your childhood or maybe uh, when you studied it in college, how, do, how does that tie into your current business right now? Sure. So I think one of the things that motivates me the most, and I think a lot of people who find themselves in a similar situation, I think you guys are definitely good examples of that, is that from a very young age, most general terms, 
you like solving problems, right? You recognize mm-hmm. when things aren't perfect or could be better, and then you look for ways to improve them. You gather all this information, you learn, you teach yourself things, and then you kind of come up with solutions and start testing them and exploring what works better. Mm-hmm. And that process is something that is pretty inherent in certain people, and they like the challenge. They like unknowns. Not everyone's like that. Some people kind of like a process they can follow every day and, and they know that it's going to work. And some people kind of like to explore the unknown. And so if you mm-hmm. like to explore the unknown, yeah. STEM is one way to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a great way to, to have really valuable contributions to yourself financially and society and, and, and just do a lot of really good rewarding stuff. Yeah. So, and I, I like the example you use with people that like to follow the same routine every day because um, it's interesting that that's actually true. Um, they they have all these studies about uh, people STEM oriented using like their their left brain, while people that are like humanities and arts oriented use their right brain for more like uh, less technical things. And it's it's all I, I think it's all a little bit of human nature. But um, it's interesting how uh, you sort of pointed out the correlation between like exploring instead of uh, following the same routine and and, um, and your interest in, in STEM and like discoveries and, and making stuff. Um, yeah, they have, a, they have a phrase called risk aversion mm-hmm. and it means how uncomfortable mm-hmm. are you with the unknown, right? Yeah. And some people, they thrive in it, like they seek it out, right? They wanna, they wanna find problems so they can fix them. And some people are really terrified of that. And there's lots of ways people can contribute to society and be awesome people you know, a lawyer can help, you know, get people, you know, immigration issues and help people with um, health care issues and doctors help people with health care issues. Those are all great ways to contribute, but they're not necessarily in the research um, and sciences in the same way. And so it really just depends on what people find fulfilling, what they enjoy doing with their life. I think one of the things I like to tell people is there's a lot of ways that people can contribute and be happy and get paid well and the goal is to kind of try and figure out where that niche is for each person and wherever it is um that's great you know as long as as long as it makes them happy and it's it's doing good that's that's fantastic yeah that's that's actually perfect yeah i actually i really like that just um, how how someone's like force of nature or personality niche and like yeah. drives them to find th- seek out risk or avoid it i think that's shown a lot in, in first as uh some of us are very intrigued by the risk of certain deep tasks or want to explore what we haven't th- sought out to do before and i think some people definitely like someone like me will, will uh try to avoid those risks and just like not like a perfectionist kind of thing, but just run away from the mistakes. And I think that's a very bad oh, trait of yeah. myself. Especially for business, risk-taking is actually one of the most important skills that you can have. But um, actually, I have another question. Um, so you, you started up this business, um, but so what? how do you think that leadership skills tie into like STEM itself and the development of new technologies? Sure. So, so there's a lot of ways to address that. Um, I'll, I'll just name one for right now, and that is, okay. uh, in almost every situation you find yourself in, you're going to have to work with people, mm-hmm. and yeah. being able to kind of be good technically and understand the science and solve problems is great. But in reality, uh, you want to be able to to work as a team. You want to be able to understand the needs of people. 
because I see a lot of this, unfortunately, with people come in and they have an idea for a product. And in their head, they've created some kind of a scenario, right? They, they, they like people who go mountain biking, they always are going to want to have more water bottles. And so I made this way to hold 200 water bottles on your mountain bike. And you ask them things like, do you do a lot of mountain biking? And they go, no. And do you have friends who do? Have you talked to people who do? And they go, no. And go, well, that's probably really important. You're going to have to you know, get outside your comfort zone and go talk to people and, and figure this out because maybe 200 water bottles is too many. And, you know, more seems better, but there's probably a limit. And, and so that, that ability to kind of interact with people and to hear their stories and learn from them is super, super important in, in almost everything in this world. And I think that's a skill that when people are learning STEM, sometimes they forget that there's more than just the science and the machines. There's the purpose and the people. Yeah. And uh, I think connecting is really important for, um, for when you're starting for, for just growing your connections with people, working with people, you need to be able to understand them, not just know who they are. Like if you build mm-hmm. a connection, whether it's friendship or whether you just you share the same experiences, so you you uh, it creates like you have things in common. Um, I do think that's very beneficial. Um, and um, do, have you heard of the term gracious professionalism? By any chance? Uh, I haven't I haven't heard of that specific term, but I think I get the idea. Okay, what is your interpretation of it? Uh, if I had to guess, I would say it sounds like the kind of old school business doggy dog mentality is kind of a historic artifact, and in this day and age, with people being so connected, um, being courteous to one another and building connections where people have trust wow. is far more valuable than a scenario where. You're always trying to get whatever you can at the cost of other people's expense. I yeah, think you, you hit, hit the, the nail on the head. Yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Being able to respect your competition and actually um, uh, gaining, you know, happiness from other people succeeding as well as you, especially in an environment where everything's so competitive, having the skill to to be okay with not winning and just to see everybody like success in all forms. And uh, whether it's for your team or somebody else, just the like, just the appreciation of the progress that's being made and mm-hmm. know, respect, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, that's yeah. yeah. They have a term. They have a term in business called cooperation, which is cooperation and competition together. Yeah. And and the idea is that. Uh, not everything is a zero-sum game. It's not like if I want to make a dollar, I have to make sure you don't make a dollar, right? I'm going to take it from you. And sometimes when you work together, you can have more than if you each work individually. So not just do we both make a dollar, but we might both make $2 because we work together and that thing was so much better. And so what you what you find is that a lot of times um, there's business cases like uh, one example is anything that has multiple parts to it, right? So like... Um, when you buy drone stuff, I'll just use that example because I like drones so much. Um, you can buy the drone and the remote, right? And those are two separate things. Yeah. And the idea that a drone company makes a remote that only works for that drone means that, they, okay, they can get more money. But the reality is if they make a remote that other people can make versions of, then it becomes more available to more people. And so because more people are doing it, more drones are getting sold. And so everybody's selling more and everyone's getting involved more. And these products are helping more people. And so you end up with a situation where everyone benefits because of the cooperation, and that's counterintuitive, kind of an old way of thinking that each person should be only looking out for themselves because anyone else's success is at their cost. Yeah, if you if you truly love STEM, 
then you'll actually love the growth of the technology or whatever you're working on, whether it's you that benefits from it or your company or the other company, it doesn't matter because whoever is making strides towards success is making strides towards the success of the target audience or whoever you're trying to help. So and that's I a think, great way to put it. Yeah. And I also think like not only is it meant for success for maybe your business or your opponents, but definitely it's a goal to succeed for society, to further society and to develop something that will help everyone out. Like there's definitely still problems in the world and as uh, us being the future leaders of the world and you definitely being a very big part of it, having your own business and own company and experience doing this, I think it's very important that instead of just trying to, to make our lives better, to just make the world better for everyone else. And so I want to ha- ask you a question about what do you think is going to be the next big thing in the next 10 years, 15 yeah. years? What is What are the 20s going to be known for technology-wise? The 20s, okay. Uh, well, there's lots of people that are smarter than me that talk about this stuff, and I like to read about them. Um, there's some great books out there about what the future in technology holds. Mm-hmm. Um, biotechnology is a big part of it. Artificial yeah, intelligence absolutely. is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say a couple big things to look at are what is artificial intelligence and quantum computing going to do for the capabilities of people? Um, I'll give you kind of an interesting story. So when I was younger and I was looking to go to college, the university I was going to, Embry-Riddle, was all airplane-based. I loved airplanes, so that made sense. <laughs> and the two degrees I was looking at are I can either get an aeroscience degree, which is going to be a pilot. You become a, a a pilot and fly airplanes for a living or you can get an engineering degree and like build and design airplanes and when i was looking around they were i went to the the flight school side and they were showing how to fly planes they always planes there and it was super exciting it was awesome yeah. and then with the engineering side and they were showing how they were designing all these robots that are going to replace pilots <laughs> i thought oh okay well that's probably a better choice then uh and and that's how a lot of stuff works you know um i i feel like if I was, if you're going to school now at that tour and you saw those two options, the, the 20s are going to be a time in which a lot of jobs transfer from kind of the hands-on stuff where you're flying a plane or driving a car or reading a thing, and it's going to transfer over to where you're working with machines to kind of – the machines do a lot of the labor, and your job is to oversee them or manage them or maintain them or design new ones and improve them. And so I think those are kind of the skill sets of the future, I think, 10 years from now that'll be the predominant career path in this world. Yeah, and and you'll definitely see uh, more demand for people working in computer science and uh, less demand for jobs in, you know, like more blue collar work and um, just a lot of hands-on stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so, so this is actually a really good point to uh, bounce off of that last question about the future. Do you have any advice for the next generation in both business and STEM? Boy, so they're pretty different. Um, business can go a lot of different directions. And, and usually, uh, you know, if people are into business, it's kind of amorphous. Uh, so I don't really have advice. Like if you like medicine, you get into business there, you can be business in law, you can be in business in science. There's a lot of ways mm-hmm. to do that. Um, when it comes to um, the STEM stuff, I would say if you're interested in STEM, if you're interested in problem solving, you're interested in technical challenges, uh, the goal would probably be to get really good at something that's fairly new, something that's still evolving, right? 
Um, you don't want to get really good at like how to make a better horse saddle. That's probably not the best use of your <laughs> career. I mean, if you want to do it as a hobby, great, more power to you. But look at stuff that's new, right? A lot of these new sciences that are coming out, quantum physics, artificial intelligence, autonomy, um, biotechnology is big, yeah. the way we're going to start working with DNA yeah. and modifications mm -hmm. to cells and cures for diseases. That's all going to be big in the future. And those are great ways to kind of make sure that by the time you come out of college and you've got this opportunity to start working, that job will still exist and hopefully will exist for the rest of your life so that you don't end up being a, a saddle maker and kind of not having anyone <laughs> looking to hire those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I know this is a little unrelated, but it, that actually sort of ties into this new concept. Well, not necessarily new, but this concept of, um, of social and societal Darwinism Darwinism, which is that uh, it's survival of the fittest almost like the the market is evolving just as fast as technology is so you ha almost have to like stay with it if you want to uh, yeah to make definitely it. definitely um, yeah yeah so there's, there's this thing that's kind of interesting that uh, scientists who study this will separate Darwinism from kind of our cultural and business life and that is in Darwinism, an organism is kind of born with whatever they've got, right? Like if you have, um, you know, uh, if you're tall or you're not, or if you can run fast or you can't, like these are all things that you're kind of born with. It's part of your genetics. You get whatever hand you're dealt, and that's it for the rest of your life. But um, in, in our lives, in our culture and society, we essentially get a, a new shot at this every single day, right? You get to re-evolve yourself every day with new adaptations and new skills. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that you don't want to be stagnant. I agree with you 100% on that. But also because you're in control of your own destiny, uh, you have to make really important decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's a, it's, a hard, it's a hard decision to make. It's a big commitment. There's a lot of risk. But I think it's important that people find something they enjoy doing enough so that it doesn't become this really difficult life because there's always going to be challenging times no matter what job you pick or what skills you enjoy doing um, and so it's important that you find yourself in a place where you're happy doing what you do um, and that'll make your life a whole lot better because there's going to be a lot of work to be done and uh, if you're not interested in doing it, if you're not committed to it it's going to be really frustrating yeah yeah and and it's important to remember that you can't really go back into the past so you're right that that each uh decision you make um when it comes to whatever you're going to do in that day or when you're thinking about your future uh is really important and if i wanted to modernize that analogy we just made i would say uh each day you get a new chance at a new mutation um, to, that you get to pick. Yeah, that you get to yeah. choose and to to help yourself and to help, you know, like, I don't want to use the term offspring, but I'm talking about, like, <laughs> society at large when I say that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the new you that's born every day. Yeah. yeah that's exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I agree. Um, and so uh, uh, as a last question, do you, do you think that it matters um, if you don't want, if you don't know what you want to do at a young age? Like, we're in high school, uh, Sean and I are freshmen and sophomore. A lot of people our age don't really know what they want to do. Do you think that that matters, or do you think you can figure it out by the time, you know, you get to the age where it's important? Well, it's never too late, right? That's the kind of the beauty of reinventing yourself. You, could, you don't have to feel like you have to know it today, because maybe tomorrow's the day you figure it out. That's okay. Um, but the reality is, 
the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. Oh, and so 100%. don't don't ever be afraid to commit to something because it might not be right. You know, don't stay on the fence undecided for too long. Just give something a shot. And if it doesn't work, you can always change your mind because every day is a new day. Um, but it might be the right thing. It might be an awesome thing. And every day you would have waited to start doing it would have been a day longer to get to where you ultimately want to be. So be brave and bold and try new things and explore and find what makes you happy. And when you do, just really commit to it. And don't ever be afraid like that making a decision is going to have really negative consequences for your future yeah. in terms of what you want to do with your life because you can always reinvent yourself and and don't ever waste time always mute in paralysis over the decision just commit and and see what happens i also think it's very important for people to do what they're passionate about and i think what you said really really shows on really like explain like shows the importance of doing something that you love instead of just doing something for just doing it like like i don't think many people would want to do yeah. something that they hate for the rest of their lives i think you're and right i think being able to change every day you're able to change and do what you want and become a new you every day i think that's very important and then i think doing something that you love will definitely help in ma- making you a better person and helping society further yeah let me tell you guys when i was younger i did not like sports at all i tried soccer it didn't work <laughs> and then when i was 12 I got into basketball. The thing was that that was such an older, it was such a late time to start playing basketball. So when I got in, everybody was so much better than me. But but I practiced and I got better. If you think about doing that in the STEM world or whatever you decide to pursue, it doesn't matter if you start late. It, it might mean that you'll there might be more challenges when you start, but honestly, if it's what you love, it's what you love. Yeah, you know, you definitely. find a true calling. Um, but wise words from Bo Wernick. Uh, <laughs> is there is there anything else that you want to add? Uh, yeah, let's say one thing, and that is, no matter what you do, if it's worthwhile, it's going to be challenging, right? It's going to be a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I think sometimes people kind of shy away from hard work. They think, well, this other thing's easier, or doing nothing is easier, not making a decision is easier. Uh, but the reality is that it always catches up to you. And there's a lot of people who later in life look back and wish they would have put the effort into something because they regret not having certain opportunities or, or doing certain things when they had the chance. And so don't be afraid of something because it seems hard. Be, uh, be motivated and be enthusiastic and optimistic about the fact that if you complete it, if you learn it, it's going to feel so worthwhile that it'll make every part of your life better and you'll be really proud of yourself for doing it. So really, um, really challenge yourself and uh, commit to, to doing things that are hard that you didn't know for sure you're going to be able to do. Yeah. And I think definitely with our experience at first, we're constantly having to go through challenges of how can we develop something that will do yeah. do like pick up a block well that's, how can we stack it well that's the how point. can we make this the most efficient pos- efficient thing possible and, and i think this experience can definitely uh carry us into the real world where as uh as people in stem or maybe in medicine where we're also constantly faced by these challenges and i think through these experiences we develop that uh that mentality of, okay, I'm going to experience a challenge. How can I solve it? And I think that's a very important mentality, and I think you also had that mentality at a younger age. Yeah, first designed it like that. I mean, it's just like Bo said before. 
um, there's certain people that, that want to chase after those challenges. They want to make new discoveries and they want to keep exploring. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, first is tailored to, is to developing those skills. Because honestly, that, that helps so much. It helps with anything that you pursue. Uh, so uh, thank you for that, Bo. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, you so much, much for being on the show. I hope My pleasure, had, gentlemen. I hope you had a good time and I wish you a good night. And uh, uh, We'll stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Bye. And uh, that was that was very good. That, uh, he's, he's, I very enjoyed that. So uh, I hope you guys also also enjoyed this episode very much. I think we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And so hopefully you listen to the next episode. If you like it, you should definitely stick around to hear more. Yeah, That's, we're definitely going to continue It's only going to get better. This. Yeah. And so we also wish you guys a good day, night, whatever, wherever you're listening or whenever you're listening. And uh, I wish you guys good luck in your futures and hope you guys stick around. <laughs>